Welcome to Anecdotal Notes. I'm one of your hosts, Pat Aiken, and I'm joined tonight with Steve Hyde. Hello, interwebs. I'm back. Yes, across the worldwide interwebs. The worldwide interwebs. And uh, tonight we're going to kind of go off on a concurrent phenomena that's happening. And I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm probably going to play devil's advocate on this one. Mm -hmm. And we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm, in some level, I'm skeptical on some degree. And on the other degree, I'm like open to the possibility that there are other things out there. But tonight, we're going to delve into what I consider a relatively new cryptid phenomena, which is the dog man. And for those of you who don't know what a dog man is, it is essentially being reported as a creature that can be as tall as 10 feet, 7 to 10 feet, several hundred pounds, wolf-like, uh, with appendages much like a wolf, uh, bipedal, and uh, they're described as being singular creatures, they're described as moving in family groups, they're described as packs of creatures. Uh, they're often seen in some reports in the uh, proximity with uh, Sasquatch or Bigfeet sort of creatures. I have heard stories that, you know, they're the dire enemy of Bigfoot, that Bigfoot is protecting us from them. Uh, I've heard stories exact opposite, that the dogmen really are good guys and Bigfoot is you know, taking advantage of us, making us write bad checks, you know, uh, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm dastardly things, dastardly things, I mean, Bigfoot, <laughs> this is something that's always bothered me, I'm just going to bring it out tonight, and mm. just say, okay, all these people talk about Bigfoot, okay, you got all these people tell these stories about Bigfoot gifting people, right, mm. giving, giving them things, all right, well, we know from all of the stories that for the majority of the time, Bigfoot's out at night. Mm -hmm. And Bigfoot, by all reports, is a gigantic creature, right? Mm -hmm. All right, you go out and, you know, you give Bigfoot whole watermelons and peanut butter and honeycomb. You know, all these people giving Bigfoot all this stuff. Bigfoot, he eats all of the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And the next day, come back and, you know, he brings you back like, a piece of colored wood. Mm -hmm. I just tell you the truth. He's an ingrate. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're going out, you're feeding this thing, you're giving him all these gifts. Uh -huh. You know, he's out all night long. Yeah. He's looking at people's windows, right? Yeah. Why? I mean, when's he going to break in and bring me like a 52-inch color television? <laughs> I mean, just let's just be honest. I mean, you know, That's the, true. I could use a table saw. That's true. You know, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, he could throw it under one arm and carry the damn thing. That's true. That's right. I mean, when you think about how many habituation stories you, you hear. And, yeah. And for our listeners, a habituation uh, scenario is one where people have regular contacts with Bigfoot on their own property, like they're coming up every night and asking for food or leaving things or anything like that. Usually very highly suspect stories, but we get them. And... Uh, it's, <laughs> 
it's, it's one of those things is, okay, well, I mean, if, if that's happening, then, you know, they're, they're feeding them. They're supposed to be bringing this stuff back. And right. It's like, you know, yeah, I mean, why not, why not the color TV? Why not the... Uh, I mean, you know, Bigfoot looks in our homes. He, it, right? That's the report. Yeah. He's always sneaking up, looking in people's houses. So Bigfoot, even on a primitive level, mm-hmm. must know that we look at the big, flashy light thing that sits in the living room. Mm-hmm. And if you have a smaller one and he sees a bigger one, yeah. you know, yeah. g- bring us the bigger one. Why yeah, do you got to do this? Yeah, the shiny object. You know, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. He said, gosh, you know, last week I ate 15, uh, you know, Congo watermelons, uh-huh. you know, South Carolina gray watermelons, and you gave him a bushel bag of peanuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were raw, but he still ate them. And, and yeah. He's going to bring you back half a stick and a dirt claw. You're supposed to go, oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, guy, you know, for this piece of trash that you drug up in the yard. Yeah, really. You know, now I've got to clean, going to run over with a lawnmower. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm making light, but the, but the truth is, We're, we're going on many years now, me and you together, mm-hmm. having dealt with this subject matter. Both have actively been out and investigated stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you props on probably having the edge on me for field work, just being willing to go sit in the middle of an oak muggy swamp, mm-hmm. you know, for days on end. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you props for they that. They have a higher level of foolishness. Well, you know, <laughs> you, but, but you, you know, you've been out there, you've had your feet on the ground, and anybody... Who who is serious about this? That's one of the hallmarks is that they're out there doing it. Now I've done my share of stuff, and I, I but I'm not going to try to say that I was like paratrooping in and all like you were. Okay, I've been out there. I've done overnight stuff, but you know a lot of my stuff has been interpersonal and interviewing people, and you know I have run the gambit in this entire sort of uh, field of investigation with people, and I've walked away with some stories that I think just are absolutely bona fide factual accounts. Then I've run into those where, you know, essentially the guys, you know, I drive four hours down to South Alabama mm-hmm. and meet the guy and everything's copacetic and you know then we get down to the part where i'm going to ask him about the bigfoot and he begins describing the bigfoot and you know this bigfoot you know been looking in the windows and all this other but the bigfoot's also wearing panties and a bustier <laughs> okay uh, well how big is this bigfoot well, you know nine feet 800 pounds you know I, Where's he getting his lingerie? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. even Lane Bryant doesn't mm-hmm. make uh, panties and bustier to fit somebody that's eight foot tall and weighs mm-hmm. several hundred pounds. Yeah. But he's, you know, guys swearing up and down, okay, well, I saw it. He was walking across the backyard and had on flirty underwear and like a corset looking thing. And, and, you know, at that point, you, you want to seriously take your pad, you know, your notepad and your pen and sling it into like Tallapoosa River or something mm. as you're going back home to yeah. never, ever do this again, mm. okay? <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't even, you know, he didn't even describe to me nice lingerie, mm. okay? Yeah. Just being real, I mean, it the was... Walmart lingerie. Yeah, yeah, maybe Dollar General. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> not that their, their lingerie is bad, you yeah. know, I'm just saying that, yeah. you, you know, 
it, it wasn't Agent Provocateur. It, yeah. it wasn't what Katie did. It wasn't anybody that was like yeah, really in the stuff. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you're an eight foot tall AP living in the woods. I mean, you're on a budget. Yeah, well, you know, maybe that's me. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong thinking that he would want prefer French couture, but Perhaps, yeah. that's me. Yeah. But but this is the level of ridiculousness mm-hmm. that you have to go through mm-hmm. to pursue this subject matter. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, pre. Linda Godfrey, isn't that the lady's name? Mm-hmm. The Beast of Bay, Bray Road. Mm-hmm. Okay, she wrote a book and about Wisconsin's werewolf. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm told that it's a great book. I've never read it, and anything I say is not in any way negative commentary on Miss Godfrey. Okay, mm-hmm. I haven't read her book, and I'm sure that you know her book was published, which in and of itself is an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anybody listening, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not putting Miss Godfrey down at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. I'm just speaking anecdotally mm-hmm. from the things that I've heard uh, on YouTube, the internet, mm-hmm. about this phenomenon. Uh, and I am sorely, I mean, today I've got to, in good conscience, I'm going to play skeptic and devil's advocate about these stories because frankly back in the day and we're going back a couple of decades now Mm -hmm. when you and I were young bucks Mm -hmm. and we were out there this was something that was with a few exceptions now I'm going to say that there were there were stories that one would encounter out of history Mm -hmm. okay about a quote unquote werewolf Mm -hmm. creature but dog men as a phenomenon, mm-hmm. unheard of, at least in our area of the country. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe up at the Canadian border, mm-hmm. they might be knee deep swimming in dog men. Mm-hmm. They might Can't be, keep them out from under the house. That's right. Keep them yeah. under the house and running hot dog stands, you know, mm-hmm. dog men hot dogs. And, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've only ever eaten poutine once. You know, it was okay. I liked the gravy and the potatoes. Didn't yeah. care too much for the cheese. Yeah. You know, but it could have been the kind of cheese too. Okay. Yeah. I haven't been really up that way that much. Yeah. But, you know, you'd think that something that uh, would stand out so much, mm-hmm. even among the cryptozoology crowd, mm-hmm. would have gotten more press time. But it seems like only in the last 10 years or so, mm-hmm. we've suddenly been inundated with all of these. I mean, there's shows just like, you know, mm-hmm. without calling names of the shows or anything. Because, you know, I, I'm not trying to make enemies. I, I know people are out and they have their beliefs and mm-hmm. stuff, and I, I respect that. But there, there's shows that, that are help comforting people with Dogman PTSD. Mm-hmm. They're so bad that you, they call into the show and this mm-hmm. person helps them, you know, counsels them. Mm-hmm. Dealing with dog men. Yeah. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That's a generous helping soul that, that's willing to listen mm-hmm. to their story and counsel them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't encountered a dog. Have you encountered a dog man? Never. Never. Very rarely ever heard of them. Okay. It seems. Um, it seems the incidents that involve descriptions of of dog men or werewolf type creatures are so rare 
that, and when you compare them to the prevalence of the Bigfoot phenomenon, where they're described as ape-like creatures, right. it almost makes you think that the few straggling, you know, outlying stories of the Dogman are somehow misidentified Sasquatches. You know, Could be. Maybe in the, in the, the excitement of the moment. You know, you're looking at an eight foot eight, but you're just so over gobsmacked by what you're looking at that mm-hmm. maybe your brain is trying to fit what you're seeing to something you're familiar with. So your brain starts thinking, oh, oh, wow, there's a pointed ear, or there's a snout, or there's a right. long tail, or something like that. When in actuality there wasn't one, it was just the angle of the sunlight or, or whatever. Well, I mean, you think about it this way. You probably seen. Uh, well, you're from the south. I mean, you. You know this stuff well as I do, having animals and different things mm-hmm. around, but a very common scourge amongst mammals in the south is sarcoptic mange. Mm-hmm. And horrible scourge. Horrible scourge. And you know, they get out, those mites get in the animal skin mm-hmm. and it basically kills the hair follicle, makes the hair fall out. Mm-hmm. And unless they really get veterinary treatment, yeah. they they're doomed, they're in trouble. Yeah. All right. Well, if you ever look at a black bear mm-hmm. that has had a bad case of sarcoptic mange, he looks, without his fur, mm-hmm. very wolf-like. Yeah. Now, a bear, his skin is dark, mm-hmm. like you know they, they describe these things to be, yeah. and he can appear to be bipedal, mm-hmm. and looks for all the world very dog-like yeah. when he stands on his hind leg. Yeah. Now that would be my first skeptical guess at what mm-hmm. people are encountering out there, is they're Literally. seeing some kind of bear. Yeah. Now, I don't know, like, uh, for instance, uh, the Beast of Bray Road, from what we understand, is begins with the account, the original account of the Beast of Bray Road, which apparently happened in the 1930s, mm-hmm. 1936 or so, uh, in or in the environs of a town called Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And um, I have no idea. Well, Wisconsin's in, the, in the, the northern part of the country, sort of borders Canada, so I guess the they would have a normally a population of large bears up there, brown bears or grizzlies mm-hmm. or something. I really don't know. Um, but I guess there's a population of animals up there that would, could be a basis for a misidentification like that. Right. Like sarcoptic mange or something. I really don't, I'm not that familiar with Wisconsin. I have a co-worker from Wisconsin. I could ask him. Well, yeah. a lot of cheese in Wisconsin, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, right. that's what I know about it. Green cold, Bay Packers. A lot of cold Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, a lot of beer in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not PBR. I don't, uh, it's not, no, it's no, not PBR. It's, 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 it's whatever the, the northerners drink. Right. <laughs> you know. The hams. Yeah. That's it. Hams, the that's the right. beer refreshing. I remember those commercials. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm not calling anyone a liar, and I'm not saying anyone, um, you know, and and one thing that actually lends credibility to the Dogman stories is this, and that is, in many of the stories that I have read of late, they encounter the Dogman as the Dogman is on the roadway scavenging roadkill. They drive up on the dog, the Dogman, and he's sitting there eating a deer that's been run over. Okay, he's oblivious uh-huh. to to them until the lights, you know, they get right up on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then he turns his attention back. And I've read a couple of stories. One was the dog was the dog man was eating a sheep. Uh-huh. The other one, it was a, a roadkill deer. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, in fact, I think in that story, the guy, that was his job, was he was a, like a road department guy, mm-hmm. go around, gather up the carcasses and get them out of the, the thoroughfare. Yeah. Okay, that actually lends credibility to me because around here, you know, we have uh, many scavenger animals. They're little, they're small animals, mm-hmm. but, you know, avian is a buzzard. Lots of turkey buzzards around here, and they clean stuff up. Lots of possums. Yeah. You know, occasionally you you don't really see raccoons that much scavenging, but mm-hmm. but you will occasionally see them being scavenged. Mm-hmm. Um, things are out there at night. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just say there there's stuff moving around. My brother lives over in a, a small town near here, and uh, he he bought you know a house there, and he he part times here, and then other times he's down in Miami, mm-hmm. but. He uh, inherited with the house some stray cats. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I feel bad. I kind of made him feel guilty because it was winter time. I said, you know, those poor cats are out struggling, and it's yeah. they're they're completely feral. They're not yeah. approachable. In fact, if you go out to hiss at you and stuff. Yeah. So, but he went bought him some uh, kitten caboodle. You know, yeah. some some cat food. Yeah. So just you know, I'm like they she's subsidizing the cats. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they they are like. You know, a lot of squirrel population, rats yeah. and stuff. Right? They, they they trying to mm-hmm. earn their keep. Mm-hmm. But because of this and because of where he feeds them on his back porch, it has attracted a lot of the smaller wildlife that come in at night mm-hmm. to eat the food. Yeah. Raccoons have been seen. Mm-hmm. Possums have even been filmed. In fact, you can walk out on the back porch with the possum. Mm-hmm. He just does not care. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, I'm going to eat this until you kick me off of the porch. Yeah. You know, the cats, obviously. But, and this is unrelated to the dog man, but my brother shared a story. He heard something on the back porch and where his, uh, it was late, late at night. And, you know, he keeps hours like I do, so I may be awake at 3 a.m., okay? He said he eased up, sat on the side of his bed so he could look out through the slit between his uh, window shades, mm-hmm. his uh, blinds, mm-hmm. and the back porch, because he leaves the back porch light on. Mm-hmm. And he said a large black cat, and he said it was much larger mm-hmm. than a regular house cat. He said it was bobcat or bigger sized cat, mm-hmm. had very gently eased up onto the porch, but it made enough noise that he heard a bump. Mm-hmm. And he said he was going to attempt to take a picture of the cat, but he said the cat's eyes, he said they were, um, they stood out starkly against the black fur. He said they were like an amber or a greenish color. He couldn't determine exactly because the light was low. Yeah. He said he made a movement to get his uh, smartphone because mm-hmm. he was going to ease back around and very quietly take a photograph of the cat. Mm-hmm. He said that slight of movement alerted that cat. Mm-hmm. The cat looked directly at him through the slit and then one bound bounded back off of the porch and disappeared. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, those of you who, who are from the South and have grown, they, there's a very popular story about black panthers, mm-hmm. which, which to us, I mean, it's a form of cougar. Mm-hmm. There is an existing animal. It's just a, a, a variant, maybe, 
because you know we we they're reported. I've never had anyone in my immediate family report one mm-hmm. or tell me about one, but he he swears up and down. And we're talking about something that happened this last month. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is fresh. And I talked to another gentleman uh, last week who's from an adjacent county, claims he saw one cross the road in an area that probably would be 10 miles at best Mm -hmm. from the location of my brother's home. Okay, Crossed the road, said it was super quick, went up an embankment, gone back into the woods. All right, I'll go through all of this point, not because we're talking about Black Panthers, Mm -hmm. but because as an investigator, I feel like we've got to be open to the possibility of things being out there mm-hmm. that we don't know about. Yeah. How, how often, I mean, I may be up once or twice a month at 3 a.m., mm-hmm. but how many other nights am I asleep and the Black Panther walks up and looks at me through the window? And, yeah. yeah. Or walks by under your window or That's right. sniffs with the dog food outside or, or whatever. That's know. right. Mm-hmm. This is kind of hard to say because, I mean, we received, I mean, even GSARC when we were mm-hmm. active, we, we received a number of big cat reports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not I'm not poo-pooing necessarily. I, I think it, this is going to fall, at least for me, mm-hmm. in my summation, and not at the end, but, but mm-hmm. right now. I'm thinking of the school of thought that the possibility exists that there's something out there, uh, but not herds of them. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. you know, people, I, I'm sorry, I fall away from this notion, you know, all this family group stuff, mm-hmm. okay? You can't have 50 Bigfoot yeah. or Dogmen. Well, it's, it's the fundamental question. It's like, I mean, we can kind of understand just from the sheer number of reports that a small population of, of Bigfoot or Sasquatch right. exists someplace. I mean, that's that's feasible. Feasible. Uh, same thing with the big cats. Right. Uh, but given the rarity of the reports of these dogmen, if it is true, you have to wonder, well, if, if it's not because if there's like a viable population of biological animals out there, if the dogmen reports are true, or, there, or any of them are true, then what's the source of it? Are we kind of going back to maybe those not being a flesh and blood animal or... or you know, and you bring up a valid point, one that I wanted to turn to, mm-hmm. which is this. Lots of reports of these creatures, the dogmen, uh-huh. attribute an evil uh, demeanor mm-hmm. to the creature. Yeah. You know, lots of Bigfoot reports really do fall into and can be categorized as like an animal response to human stimuli. Yeah. He sees me, I see him. You know, first I see him, then I do it, you know, in my pants, and I run one way, and the Bigfoot runs the other way. Yeah. Okay? I think that's a completely normal, natural, biological response to encountering a 10-foot yeah. tall lake. And that's okay. a typical response. Typical. Yeah. Right. A lot of people say the dogmen, on the other hand, have a very uh, evil demeanor mm. that they feel a maliciousness mm-hmm. from the creatures. Yeah. yeah, there's a viciousness and a, and a malicious intent with the creatures that, that are very rarely ever reported in Sasquatch. Right. I mean, most of the time, I mean, 
At least I think so. If you looked at the, at the entire volume of reports, if that were possible, a Bigfoot, it's more or less, you know, I encountered it. Mm-hmm. Now, some people may have observed more behavior, but very rarely um, have you got Bigfoot out in Bigfoot's, even if Bigfoot is chasing you out of his territory. Mm-hmm. He throws rocks, but he doesn't bean anybody. Yeah. You know, he it's get out of my territory, mm-hmm. get away from me, that sort of thing. Dogman is a completely different creature in many cases in that the dogman uh, is reported to actively seek to harm or injure the people that are witnessing the dogman. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I, I tell you the truth. I, I feel like we're in a real... And, okay, you know, we're going into the woo area yeah. now. A lot of people don't want to... Mm-hmm acknowledge that that there's a spirit world out there and that's fine you know you know but why suddenly towards the end of uh, you know the 20th century and now at the advent of the 21st century we're suddenly getting reports of these things that really have a lot more in common with demonic sorts of behavior patterns mm-hmm. Because it's, it's odd to think that a creature that... It's, it's one thing to think of a, sh- of a shy, retreating creature, like a Sasquatch is normally reported to be, to, to be able to exist in the woods unseen because it avoids people. Right. Uh, but then you have isolated reports of a creature that almost goes out of its way to harm people once they encounter them. That's right. And uh, if you have that kind of a situation, it's like, well, I mean, you would think one had been shot by now, or, or there have been a, a much more substantial evidence of one than that, because if they're that belligerent, That's then, right. you know, it's like, well, okay, where's where's the bodies with the body with the teeth marks or something like that, you know, something forensic. That's right. So, you know, I don't know where we are in this. I do know, that, you know, and again, I'm spitballing, I'm just theorizing. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like and, you know, I'm really going to bust the walls mm-hmm. with this one, okay? But for a long time, I have felt like that starting in the middle of the 60s, maybe, that some kind of dimensional or spiritual door was opened. Mm-hmm. Because since that time, uh, not only has the... Uh, world seen a steady decline in morality and uh, general decent behavior is mm-hmm. is our species mm-hmm. but we've also seen seemingly decade by decade decade by decade a geometric ramping up of these sorts of reports mm-hmm. okay when we were kids every once in a while you know we've talked about this before I knew about Bigfoot. I wasn't completely like I grew up in Antarctica, mm-hmm. but Bigfoot was something that happened elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Didn't believe in Bigfoot. Okay, you jet forward two decades from that time frame. I'm you know in my 20s, mm-hmm. encounter the the, the cast. Mm-hmm. So then Bigfoot suddenly over the next couple of three years becomes a real phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Jet forward a couple of decades from that, and now we have these things, which 
while there may be a, a logical explanation as to what they are, mm-hmm. suddenly we've got lots of people mm-hmm. who are attributing encounters with these things that, that not only are they malicious and evil, that in a lot of cases this implied that it was in their mind sort of demonic, mm-hmm. that you've got some sort of thing that's been introduced mm-hmm. into, you know, our world. Yeah. I mean, we have his, his history, and, and mm-hmm. we did a little research, and if we went back to the 19th century, the middle of the 1800s, and even further back, we could go back to France in the Middle Ages. This is not the first time a, a negative, evil, wolf-like, bipedal creature has been encountered. But they did not call them dog men. They called them werewolves. Okay? And there's a story from Georgia. And you have that information a little bit, Steve. Absolutely. Um, uh, it centers around uh, who, in the mid 1800s, maybe Civil War period, maybe even a little before then. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, centers around at the, who at that time was a young girl named Emily Isabella Burt. Right. And um, uh, the story supposedly took place in and around Talbot County, around a city that is now known as Woodland. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there was a book written about it that if you want to go find, if you haven't find it and read it, it'll probably give you a lot more detail. It is called George's Real Life Werewolf. Okay. And um, uh, the lady, uh, Miss Burke, died around uh, 1911, and she was aged about 70. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, as Pat will go through the story, uh, came through her experience at the end of it, none the worse for wear. Uh, which is which is quite fortunate considering the circumstances we're going to relate, but uh, it was if this is true, it's quite an interesting um, story, and uh, as you know, with all of these stories of dogmen, there is always the lycanthropy element that is that is always brought into it because right. there's always the the werewolf theory, because when you get a dogman report, there's a group of people. I think uh, Miss Godfrey here who wrote the book Beast of Bray Road, but maybe one of them who considers it is actually a flesh and blood animal, not unlike a Bigfoot or Sasquatch or, or the black cat or anything like that. Right. And then there's another uh, group of people who uh, who bring uh, the uh, other dimensional animal that maybe not, maybe more spiritual dimension may not be flesh and blood and also bring in the, the old fashioned lycanthropy element where there are people who through mysterious processes actually assume a wolf-like right. countenance or identity. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, even if you consider, mm-hmm. um, we really only have three choices here. It is either a flesh and blood living animal creature. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether or not its origins <clears throat> are from this dimension on this planet, yeah. that's open for debate. Yeah. If it is, okay, then we're really dealing with something that's way out there. Because mm-hmm. to my knowledge, I've never heard of any kind of fossil creature encountered that even resembled a bipedal wolf, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. at all. Then you, you had the element of uh, lycanthropy. Well, lycanthropy, there's only two explanations, okay. One is the spiritual explanation, which is the person 
has done a spell, made a pact with the devil, and they're being overcome with some sort of particular demonic entity which is causing them to act, behave, and appear to be a wolf. Or there is some sort of uh, viral disease that a person can catch, which is, you know, all of this is Hollywood stuff. A person gets bit by the werewolf, and, and... they catch this disease, and now they're a werewolf once a month on the yeah. full moon. It's like the it's like the Emily Bird story. Um, the story begins with Miss um, Bird being part of a, a family of, of several children, born to a fairly wealthy family, who uh, were sent off to boarding school in Europe. In Paris. In, in yeah, Paris. Yeah, and uh, stayed there for for some time. But when they came back, uh, the M uh, Emily was apparently not in good health. There were some issues with her. There was things that were not right. Her body was undergoing some odd changes, where they those people considered odd at the time. And uh, for instance, she was appeared to be pale and sickly, and her mother said that her teeth were growing more and more pointed. Yeah, and okay. she was she was uh, displaying random patches of hair on her body that were right. unusual. And, and from there progressed, I guess, what you could describe as the classic werewolf story, where uh, the afflicted uh, starts disappearing and going out and, and is unaccounted for at all hours of the night. And, of course, it corresponds with uh, a sudden spate of, of classic werewolf activity where livestock and people were attacked. And, and then it ends up with, well, the farmer's going to get together and organize with, with uh, someone who just happens to be on the scene who knows something about werewolves. So they go hunt the werewolf and they shoot at it and then suddenly uh, Miss Bird is found someplace out in the woods uh, having been shot. Right, by her mother who wondered what was going on, why she was disappearing in the night. And mm. She found her with a bullet hole. And, uh, yeah, she was out looking for her daughter and concurrently the farmers were out looking for the werewolf. whatever this creature was. And of course, in they had shot at the creature but, but didn't capture it. But then later on, Emily's mother finds her in the woods in, in bad shape, having been shot, not killed. And apparently later on that, that she, in fact, did recover and lived to an old age. Um, but um, it is a classic Hollywood-type werewolf story. story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the person that, that clued the farmers in was the, I think in the information I read, they categorized him as the town weirdo. He was from Eastern Europe. He had knowledge of this, told them to melt down all the silver crucifixes, make bullets. So they saw the creature under the full moon, shot at the silhouette, apparently hit it. Mom's out searching for the daughter, finds her with a bullet wound, manages to uh, stop the bleeding, gets her back home, and then very quickly... Uh, according to the story, she gets shipped back off to a specialist in Paris mm-hmm. who knows all about lycanthropy. Mm-hmm. She goes, you know, on this sojourn and she comes back later and she's okay and she's a wealthy businesswoman. I guess with the reader assuming that the lycanthropist doctor, I don't know what, I know what an endocrinologist is and an yeah. internist. So, yeah. What's a lycanthropist doctor called? Lycanthrochronologist or something? Yeah, lycanthrochronologist. <laughs> he, he or she, I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming probably 19th century was a male, but he, he, you know, bore wolf's bane and did whatever he needed to yeah. do. And These stories are usually uh, curiously lacking in the details of 
how the lycanthropy was contracted in the first place and then how yeah. it was cured. Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the werewolf stories, the, uh, the werewolf is actually killed, but then they, tra- they, they for- transform back into the human form before they actually die. So what happens is they find the body of this person that's riddled with silver bullet holes. You go, oh, that's a werewolf, but they're, but they're dead. This is one of the few, if not the only story I've ever heard of one actually recovering and then going to a doctor to be cured of lycanthropy. Well, you know, I mean, even the secondary symptoms that they give to her, that she she was pale and pointy teeth and had hair growing in, that, that's not outside the norm for a human female. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe all she needed was a safety razor, frankly. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, yeah. hormonal imbalances hormonal happen. imbalance, you know, as she's, she's passing her teenage years. My, my dad, I never met the lady, but my dad knew a lady that, uh, you know, when he was a kid, when, so we're going back to the 20s and 30s, yeah. but, you know, he swore up and down that she, she had to get up every day and shave like a guy. Yeah. And it wasn't out of that. She was a, a woman, you yeah. know. Well, the old carnival side shows were full of bearded ladies. Who yeah. Who grew beards and all that. It's just hormonal imbalance and yeah. hair syndromes and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's like the wolf boys, the ones who grow hair all over the forehead and the face and everything like that. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't it, know the name of that was, syndrome. Was rare, but yeah, it was rare, but not, not uncommon. You see photos of these. I mean, P.T. Barnum had a couple of them in this show. And there's, still, there's a whole family in Mexico. They've been in the circus for like generations. Yeah, some kind of hereditary That's right. condition. Yeah. And if they don't shave, I mean, honest to goodness, they look like Lon, the Lon Chaney yeah. version of, of a werewolf. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know where to, to go with this. I, I, it's like anything else I think you encounter in this sort of uh, investigatory work, which is I, I don't want to tell somebody you know, I'm not going to, in fact, as an investigator, I'm not going to get in somebody's face and say, you know, un- unless you've just absolutely failed some of the tests that I learned as a police officer mm-hmm. during, you know, the interrogations and the, the interview phase, why well, I, I know from your body tales and mm-hmm. stuff that you're lying to me. Mm-hmm. If, if a person says they've seen something, I'm not going to get in their face and say they're lying. But... Uh, you know, but I, honestly, I've got to approach this like I think we would uh, any random Bigfoot story. Mm-hmm. You know, you, anybody, I mean, it's human nature, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, sailors, you know, they left Europe, they're, they're sailing out open ocean and they see something. Well, they tell the story. And they start with the story, It, you know, well, I saw some giant creature in the water and it blew blew a spout of water into the air and yeah. it smelled bad and then it, it dove away well that's not nearly as impressive as i saw a two-headed dragon yeah. you, you know what i'm saying the kraken, yeah. the kraken i saw the kraken out there and mm-hmm. you know i saw it eat a whole ship i don't know who they were but it, you know and, and the story builds as time goes by and it gets you know relayed to people and people tell other people and so mm-hmm. on and so on like that commercial, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what are we really dealing with? I, I'm sorry. I mean, maybe I'm a woo guy, if that's what people want to define me as. But I'm just open-minded, and you know, I think that there's actually, if you really want to, there's a lot more evidence of it being some sort of supernatural creature mm-hmm. than being a flesh and blood creature. 
I mean, just given the rarity of the reports, and to think that, well, if there was actual an animal like that, you would have as many reports of them as you'd have of Bigfoot. Well, you know, I don't, in, in how much of the stuff... Just to have any, any type of a viable population of dog men. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you listen to the YouTube's interviews and the internet, yeah. you're at to, you know, go down to the local uh, Stop and Rob, and, you know, there's a dog man working the cash register down yeah. there. And it's what he does, you know, on, on weekends. He's got a yeah. part-time. Yeah. Because they're just everywhere. Or the next county, they're, they're running a casino or something. That's <laughs> right. Just just running amok. And in yeah. fact, the, you know, the, the sheriff's deputies are afraid to leave the sheriff's office because yeah. there's a herd of a thousand dog men living in this yeah. pasture. Yeah. And it's like, at what point, you know, is this thing going to collapse and, you know, People stop. I mean, just outright telling these these stories that are just absolutely ludicrous. You know, we. I don't know. I you know I I don't want to get. I want people to to just have a healthy skepticism is all. Because I think lots of Bigfoot encounters and lots of stuff that's purported to happen, especially these expeditions where people are guaranteed that they're going to encounter Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, if you saved your money up and got one of these really nice high-flying uh, infrared drones, mm-hmm. rented it, had somebody operate it for you on the night that you're out there, I mm-hmm. think you'd find out that uh, the thing that you think is Bigfoot yeah. is wearing, you know, work boots and overalls and yeah. throwing rocks at your camp. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry to say that, but, I mean, just you got to be... You get you can be open-minded, but you can't be so damned open-minded that your brain falls out, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right. am absolutely. I? Do you think I'm speaking, no. being a bad guy by saying this? No, I mean absolutely. I mean, the thing about the wild men reports is that, like we said, you know, there's there's the typical Bigfoot report, and there are a lot of them. I mean, there there we have we have encounters with them from from a lot of places. Is that you know if they're shy retiring creatures, you mm-hmm. know, you see them, it sees you, you yourself and then mm-hmm. it's kind of part it went its way it went our way and, and that was the end of it right but when you look at the dog man it's like every story that you read has some sort of outlandish element of it's mm-hmm. it's you know running around with the you know trying to you know a couple of babies dangling from its mouth or right or, or it's just behavior that's just all out of if there was if there were Dog men running around like that, that were behaving like that every time they were encountered. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would be on CNN. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, again, this actually falls into the the theory that I've worked on mm-hmm. about the this phenomena in a in a totality, mm-hmm. which is, you know, if you look at the Momo, the Missouri monster. Mm-hmm. Momo acted in a completely aberrant way compared to what we considered the flesh and blood variant of Bigfoot. Yeah. He's seen, or it's seen rather. As did the folk monster. The folk monster. You yeah. know, you see Momo. Momo's got a couple of dogs under his arm, yeah. and Momo's aggressive, and Momo, mm-hmm. you, you know, and it's almost like you have two phenomena happening concurrently. Mm-hmm. One which is really more or less based in an animalistic, animal kingdom sort of way. Mm-hmm. Then you've got this other thing out here, which is emulating mm-hmm. the animalistic. They appear, they look like the flesh and blood variant of Bigfoot, mm-hmm. yet they act 
in abnormal ways compared to what people report from the Bigfoot. You know what? Does you know? Does this make any sense? I don't know. This is I haven't got a solution. All I can say is, if you be honest, as a listener, and you go back and you start categorizing these reports, the abnormal ones versus the ones that are just you know, run of the mill. I saw Bigfoot, and Bigfoot ran away, or he crossed the road, or, or acted like a bear would act. Okay, you'll find very quickly that you have two variations of these stories. You know, there's one, and I've yet to be able to find the location. The guy is someplace, he's driving along, he looks over, sees like a, a typical sort of large-headed, hairy monster sort of creature. Okay, then the creature's hair points skyward at one time. Like a person had touched, you know, a Van de Graaff generator or something, and his car engine stopped. Okay? The creature doesn't bother him, but, you know, a little bit of time uh, passes. He manages to get the car started, goes down the road, encounters the same creature. Hair goes skyward. His car engine does the same thing. It sputters out and dies. Okay. Well, people want to categorize this. Well, it's a large, hairy, bipedal creature. It's a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, not unless Bigfoot is, uh, you know, leeching the electricity off of your car ignition system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. they, they both could loosely be categorized as an unknown, hairy, hominid sort of creature. Mm-hmm. But one is acting in a really odd way mm-hmm. compared to the norm mm-hmm. for the, you know, incidents reported. Oh no! I've never heard, you know, nothing around here that I know of, and that's why, I, you know, I leave my mind open, and I don't necessarily cast stones at any one individual. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not judging anybody with this. I'm just saying, in my experience, in thinking in a scientific way, uh, if dogmen exist, mm-hmm. dogmen's not flesh and blood. Don't mean something else. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out the something else. That's if the stories are true. If they're true. Yeah. Say, that's that's also another a friend from high school. He's from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Tells a story. You know, up there they have like uh, sort of like they do down in Louisiana. They'll have camps on these isolated lakes where people fly in to camp. Yeah. And they'll fish while they're on these giant lakes. Mm-hmm. He's up there at some place. It's isolated, you know, in a cabin sort of uh, situation. Mm-hmm. He said that it had a full front porch that went across the length of the building. And uh, 